Welcome, everybody, to the first of our series of podcasts from Vino e Vivo, a wine bar in Exeter, New Hampshire. I'm Tony Calandrello, the owner of Vino e Vivo, and today we've got with us Serge Duray from Serge Duray Imports. Serge has just finished a wine tasting with us and a paired wine dinner, and we now have the opportunity to talk with him about some of those wines and also about his work in the importing business. Serge has been an importer since 1996 and largely imports French wines from nearly 75 wineries, many of which have received very high scores from Wine Spectator and Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. This is the first of a series of podcasts that we'll be conducting from Vino A Vivo, and our next one will be February 19th with Tony O'Rourke from Owen Rowe Winery, a Washington State winery that is doing some very exciting things in traditional and Rhone blend wines. And you can get tickets for those events by looking at our website, vinoavivo.com. Uh, let's, uh, let's get started. Thank you very much for uh, working with us tonight at tonight's event. It's an honor. How did you make the transition from being in the retail business or being a distributor to becoming an importer? I've never been a retailer. I've never been a distributor. So I'm from Canada. I'm from, I'm from the province of Quebec. So in Canada, we have the same system that you do have over here in New Hampshire. Liquor Control Commission states or province that, that we do have. So we are brokers. And that is my soul because I come from a family. My parents had a small inn north of Montreal. So I grew up in the kitchen. So I grew up with flavors and tasting and smelling and all that kind of stuff. And I started this at a very young age. And my father was the master of making the breakfast. And he followed all the seasons. Uh, uh, we, we, you know, in summertime, we had those fresh tomatoes that he would go and cut for us before going to school. Then in September, we'd cut the, 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 the tomatoes to make our breakfast with the lettuce. It was there, it was crispy, that kind of stuff. We, we had the, the, the eggs were coming from a farmer called Mr. Gautier, who was so supplying the cream to my mother. And so I, I, that's where I come from. And being in the wine business, that, well, that arrived by accident. It's after college and I, would, I studied in a hotel business. And uh, I met a guy that uh, indeed was a wine agent, wine broker in Quebec. We met by accident through another, through another guy. And my, my girlfriend at that time was, was a, a graphist and he needed to produce a label. I knew nothing about all of this. And we just met and we talked about tennis, that kind of stuff. And then he's telling me, oh, it's Mike. Oh, come on. I, I, have, I know someone that could help you to, to do a label for you, that kind of stuff. And we started that way. And two months after, he asked me if I wanted to sell wine. I said, to do what? Sell, sell, selling. I said, first of all, I can't stand that kind of people that are selling that no and selling wine. I know nothing about wine, not realizing that I grew up around wines all the time. So according to the average consumer around me, well, I knew a little bit more. And I fell in the basket in August. Uh, in August, it's going to be 41 years now. So uh, so, so that's it, August 78. I started uh, there and uh, I worked all across Canada and now I'm in the U.S. since 1993. And I created Sturge Story Selection as an importer. Because again, I'm always close to the land. 
I go back to my dad and the tomatoes and my mom getting getting the pork from this guy and the beef from the other one and making all those dishes. I grew up around it and that's what I like to do. And I must have been a farmer myself in a previous life. I love to go to travel and I like to walk the land. I like to smell the land. I like to smell the dirt. I like to see a hole and a kind of terroir because we always talk about that because that's what makes the wine. It's the soil. What we see, it's like the tip of the iceberg. You know, they see that we only see a little bit because the big part is under the water where the, the vine is under the, under the soil. Mm -hmm. So you need soil to make wines. And I, 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 just, I, just, I just like that. I just like that. And I like to talk with the winemakers and what we can do about a wine, transforming a grape into a juice that would be, that would be on a table somewhere anywhere, anywhere around the world. How much more do you want? It's a privilege to be in that business. And so friends, some friends of mine, Tony, are calling me the well. I'm the well, I'm the source. I go and it's deep and that kind of stuff and I bring it and I have pleasure to bring this to the table to consumer, hoping that they go, they're going to like it. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's, that's how, what I how do. How do you select the properties you work with, the wines you bring in, the, the winemakers? I mean, I know that you've worked with some very famous winemakers. How, how, do you, how do you pick those? I know it's been 40 years. So over the years, uh, you know, 40 years, well, 30 years ago, first time in France, there was a map on the right seat of the car. And I had, I had sent a letter to those producers, tried to go and meet them. And six months after, I had a reply. And that's how we started. Today, it's all over the internet. But I built so many relations that we see connections in the vineyards that I know people. And before I go, like I'm going to be in Paris in two weeks from now to go to a show. Well, I know everybody that's going to be there. But if I search for something, I would ask Tony that is that has a vineyard in the Loire Valley that is producing that kind of wine with the Chenin group. I say, Tony, I'm looking for something. This is this is what I'm looking for. I don't have that in my book because there's that chef that makes that kind of food. I don't have the wine that would fit with. Would you know someone? Because I've been working with Tony for a long time and I know what Tony does and I know what kind of reference that Tony would, would give me. I do that. Uh, I go to Burgundy and there are two restaurants that I go all the time. I know them forever. Before I go, I make reservation to the restaurant first before seeing the suppliers. And I say, guys, I'm looking for Chassin Monacher that has that kind of time. I'm looking for this. And some people say, sir, haven't tasted anything like this recently. I, I don't know. Or uh, I would get to their restaurant. Hey, 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 I kept a few yes. bottles over here. Let's sit, let's sit down or come back tonight at midnight and we'll open those bottles. We, you you got to taste that. that. That's how I created the book. And and then it, from there, it's word to mouth that has a domino effect. Uh, when I go to Bordeaux, I have a mentor, a good friend called Stéphane Doronancourt. And Stéphane is the one who taught me so much. And I spend an hour with him. It's like reading 15 books. I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't understand. He explains things in such a way that is lovely. And he's working, of course, he's working with the terroir. It's all about not the one making. It's about the, the soil that he's working with before getting a client for Stéphane. He goes and he walks and he makes what they call a carrot. They go into the soil deep, 25, 30 feet, to see the kind of soil. Are we going to be able to do something good out of this? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Yes, they're going to take it. As a consultant, they're going to take care of it. He's the kind of guy that I go, I go and I get to his lab and there might be 100 bottles. Okay, let's taste it and let's understand why. It's mm -hmm. always about the why. Yeah. Why is that? And I, I, you know, my, I never stop asking why is that? And he's the kind of guy that, uh, for example, that taught me the barrels that we age the wines in. Well, wood has DNA. A grape has DNA. Well, you got technically to find the DNA of the wood that would go perfectly with that grape of that vineyard that year. 
That's the perfect wood, as a per perfect example, always Stefan. And one day I'm there and you pull out a bottle with a cork, a cork on top of the bottle. There's no label, there's no nothing. Taste that. And he's always very cool. Taste that. Okay, taste that. Oh my God, the fruit, the acidity, the this, the that. And my God, absolutely no wood. <laughs> Sorry, he has that <laughs> So why are you laughing like this? This is 100% new oak and it was vinified into a barrel. But the barrel, the wood, is mm. perfect for those grapes this year. Doesn't mean that next year is going to be the same thing. But this year, the DNA of that grape, of the, those grapes, and we found the wood that was fitting with that, 100% new oak. So that, that, that's the kind of guys that I have around me. And if I need something, I would send him a text and he might be in Egypt doing making wine somewhere and he would reply to me. I was in China, he would reply to me, tell me, yeah, 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 talk to this guy. Mm -hmm. That's how my book has been built. So any region of France has been like this. When I started the import company in the US, I had ones from all over Australia, New Zealand, Spain, Italy, that kind of stuff, until a wholesaler in Connecticut said, Serge, when you tell when you tell me something about Burgundy, I really get it. I really get it. I can see the wind in between the, the leaves. I can smell the wine. I can taste it. It's fabulous. When you talk about Australia, about Margaret River, I understand you've been there. I don't have the same feeling. So why don't you stick to French wine? And he's the one who said, oh my God, absolutely. There are 350 million Americans. There is this amount of bottles being produced in France. I think we have enough. And I know the country well, I speak the same language. Uh, and instead of going to all around the world, running all the time, I can focus on this one and that's enough. So my book is 99% French wines and uh, I don't see that changing too much. I, I know some of the wines that you have are organic or biodynamic. Is, is that true? Those are two, 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 two different things. First of all, organic is the vineyard. And unfortunately, on our labels, we cannot put anything by uh, organically grown and that kind of stuff because the rules of the UN and the rules in the US are totally different. The, 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 EU, the EU has rules that it's, it's all about the, uh, the, the copper that can be added to the, to the ones or into the ones. And in France, they use more than we do here. So because of that, we, can, we cannot say anything about, the, about, uh, about being organic. But indeed, like the, the Viognier that, that you just have, I mean, that vineyard, that vineyard cannot, the land cannot be more pure than, than that because they are organic, organically grown. But the biodynamic philosophy of way of making wines, well, that means that's another, that's really another level now. That's a cult. So you, you get into that and you say, okay, okay, what is biodynamic? Well, that means there's absolutely nothing that you're going to be using that is not super organic or made biodynamic. So you use certain techniques and you spray the vines with the moon at three o'clock in the morning and you make a tea uh, and the things like that and you spray it, you go back to bed at five o'clock and, 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 and so long. But every vineyard that I've seen, because let's not forget, Growing grapes is being being a farmer. You do carrots, tomatoes, or whatever you want. Grapes is exactly the way it's farming. The farmers are not the one who has been respected the land the most. I mean, come on, we, we've got to understand where we come from. Look how much cancer we have worldwide, that kind of stuff. And according to me and the people that surrounds me, I, you know, it's hard not to believe that what we've been eating in the last 50 years did not have anything to do with with with, with that with that disease. And we didn't pay attention to the oceans. I mean, look how dirty they are today. We haven't paid attention to the land, and I'm 
I know I know wine growers that couldn't care less about taking care of the wine. They have a, they have something that will that will spray the vines with, and the grapes will change color in 48 hours. So what the hell happened? This is way too fast for me. I mean, what happened with that? Don't you worry about it. I sprayed them with my magic stuff. I don't know what that is, but that is so that that makes no sense to me. So I don't work with this kind of people. No, no, no. Let's talk about the source. So the the Mendionizos that you just that you just said, the Viognier, is using all of that. So it's organic and the sun, because now we have the new generation. The the guy that I was working with 30 years ago, well, they have family, they have kids, and they are taking over. So now I'm getting used to that. And they, they come in the vineyard and they look at their dad and say, Okay, dad, we've got to clean the land. That is the first thing. So we gotta clean. We gotta clean this. And it takes. You see the vineyards. It's just like us. You know when when you start to be on medication. When you have a cold, you get on medication. It gets worse before you get better. Well, vineyards do exactly the same. The soil is reacting. So, oh my God, what are you? What are you, what are you giving me here? What, what are you trying to do with me here? And then eventually, oh, oh, you know what? I'm starting to feel better. Oh, look, look at this. So it takes a couple of years, and the vineyards are just just beautiful. I mean, they, they do better, the grapes are healthier, Every, everything is healthier. Simple as that. And then, then what do you think about the, the natural wine movement? I mean, non-sulfite. The non-sulfite, the natural yeasts, the... the well, natural yeast, yeah, that's, that, 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 yeah, natural yeast, that, that's easy, that we've been using that for, forever. What they call natural wine today, it's mostly wines where there's no sulfite added. Well, we can talk about this. Um, I would personally not import any of it because it's, it's, let's go back to the cold, and refusing to take any antibiotic. I mean, you're sick, you're gonna need something. And when the wines travel, I mean, not sulfide, the risk, uh, the risk is so high that you're gonna lose it. I understand if Tony, we're on the wrong valley, and Tony's making wines without sulfide, the natural wine, I'll go to the winery, I'll buy a bottle, I'll go home, I'll pull out the pork, and I will enjoy the wine. Great, I feel good. Taste-wise makes absolutely no difference. I never saw any difference in the, into that. But when you ship the wine, that's another story. And I went to tasting and I taste once and people are raving about the natural wines. Well, I walk out of there and I went for a good beer because I was so disappointed. There was absolutely no reason for me to invest more time in that. So I doubt it. If it works, good for people. Business-wise, I won't do it. I'm not ready to take the risk to lose half of what I'm going to bring. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no sense. And, you know, my name is on the back label of every bottle because I put my name on it because I'm, I trust those wines and I want people to be pleased. And if they're unpleased, tell me. I don't want you to send an email to a company. Send it to me and I'll talk to you. I don't want to spend my night so having to reply to email the people that I don't understand the wine. And one is defect. People do not. People don't know exactly how to describe a wine that is not good. They don't know the wine. It's the first time they're having it. You don't know if it's really good. Like, you know, we all say the first word, oh, it's court. I think that to, uh, there's a number. It's 30% of the wines called defect is because it's court. Technically, there's only 5% of the wines that are court. It's all kind of other stuff that you do have in that bottle that that isn't pleasant, that doesn't work, so it's called court. So I don't want to have people saying, oh, it's court, but it's because of that. No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Not yet, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Maybe I'm too old, I don't know. <laughs> so you, you explained uh, your focus on French wines and yep. why you've, you've focused on French wines. I see that you did. You are branching out a little bit into Italian wines. Well, I know, Tony, you like that. Um, yes, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I do because I do work with uh, with a CAF cooperative in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Piedmont uh, because uh, because I'm a big Burgundy fan and I'm a big Northern Rhone Valley guy. So that means I love I love Pinot Noir 
I love Syrah. There's a triangle that goes in this called the Nebbiolo. I understand that, but I don't have, I, I do I do have some, but I will not focus, I don't have the clientele for that. Mm -hmm. And I would have to develop an entire new book because the clientele is totally different right. of, and I would need to go and focus and develop an entire new business. No, 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 I, I like well, that very much. And I had, the, I had the chance, you know, in Canada, uh, I was uh, I was exclusive Sasikaya. The first bottle of Sasikaya that came to Canada was 77 vintage, if I recall well. I was the agent for that. So the Super Tuscan, the Antinori family, when they created Yanello Solaya, I was there, been there, saw that. Castello de la Sala, I've been there, saw that. Uh, I, I, know, I know plenty of people, absolutely lovely. I love to enjoy them. Will I be working with that? I don't think so. Sorry, Tony. Well, come back to I'll come back to I'll come back to the motherland. You, you'll hit you'll hit me later. <laughs> so let, let's let's uh, you know one of the rages now is is grower producer uh, champagnes, mm -hmm. and I know you've got Philippe Plier in yep. your in your portfolio. Yep. Had that wine, it's fantastic. Yep. What do you think about the the, the grower? Movement? I said, well, it's lovely because they they all come most. If you look at the at the uh, champagne, the champagne region is like an L, and the bottom part of the L, you are very close to Burgundy, so it just makes sense. About an hour in the car, it's about an hour in between in between uh, Dijon and, uh, and reaching the Côte d'Eva, it's about an hour. And this is where the juice was produced for, 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 for centuries, and that was sold to the big house, to the big negociant. You know, the Veuve Clicquot, the Moite Chandon, all, all, those, all those, the juice got to come from somewhere, was coming from the Côte d'Eva, until some people, gen new generation, they said, hey dad, hold on a second. We are sending to this guy that are bothering it at that price. Why don't we do that? And they started to do it. That that's what it is. So 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 they're fantastic people over there, like like anywhere else. But it's like Burgundy. You got to pay attention who you are working with, how they treat the the vines. Same 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 things. Exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. And and what can you tell me about uh, Philippe Poyer? Oh Philippe, oh my God, uh, Philippe and I we knew each other. Unfortunately, he passed away now. Um, and I, I do work with his wife, Fabienne, and Fabienne took over the, the winery. And uh, the reason that I work with them is because we met in New York. Coincidence. We met in New York, and I was in a bar, and uh, someone was having a glass of champagne. And uh, it was a beautiful woman. She had a sip of the champagne. She put the glass on the bar. And to me, champagne is not that. When you see a poster of champagne, women, they have the, the, the curtain, you know, the... the, 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 the their dresses in the air and everybody's, champagne, everybody's singing and dancing, they're having fun. So there's no reason to grab a glass of champagne having a sip and putting them. Reason is that it was too sweet and too heavy. And um, in the fall, the fall of that same year, I believe it was something like that, and I heard someone having a green apple and biting in a green apple in a cold day. And you know the, the noise that makes it, it, it cracks? So this is what champagne should be. I went back with that with, with that with that example. I went to Philip. I went to to see Philip, and I said, "This is what I'm looking for. This is the kind of champagne. Can you make this?" And they worked on it. Took a couple of years, and that's what we have in a bottle today. It's something very fresh, very clean. And the dish, indeed, that you, that we had tonight over here, the caviar and the uh, the uh, scrambled egg and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to see your chef because when I saw that, I told the Colin, I said, "I know where that comes from. That comes from Jean Georges in the city." Because Jean-Georges has a main a signature dish, indeed, the cover page of his book. It's an eggshell where you have, indeed, that same egg into it with caviar. Mm -hmm. And Jean-Georges is a different of mine. And years ago, on a Sunday, we tasted his brother, myself, and a few, a few friends. We tasted blind champagne to go with that, to go with that dish. Mm -hmm. And Philippe here was selected. 
because of the, again, we're going back to the acidity. So fresh, because when you have Philippe into your mouth and you bite into, into the caviar, so the saltiness and the, the acidity of the one, the two together, it's magic. So Philippe it's not a heavy champagne. It for, it's not Krug, it's not those guys that are big Chardonnay that I love, but it's completely different. I wanted to have something clean. I wanted someone to have a glass of champagne and on a Tuesday night, the, the occasion, it's Tuesday, four o'clock in the afternoon. Perfect at champagne time. It's Philippe Rieta. What, what grapes does he use? Uh, the, the mostly, I think it's 85, the blend, it's 85 uh, Chardonnay, 15%, uh, I'm sorry, 85% Pinot Noir, 15% Chardonnay. No menu. I, okay. I, I'm not a big fan of the uh, of the Pinot Menu to champagne. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people love it. I'm not. I love that. It's either Chardonnay or Pinot Noir, but Pinot Noir brings more freshness to the to the wine than Chardonnay does. Chardonnay brings more body to it. The Pinot Noir will give you more elegance. And Sindaco de Bar, as, as I was just saying, it's right in our north of Burgundy. Well, it makes sense to have some uh, some, some Pinot Noir in it. Mm -hmm. That's it. So I, I know most of your portfolio is uh, Loire, Rhone. Bordeaux, Burgundy, any place else? The Languedoc, the Roussillon, the Alsace. Uh, what did we? Did we? Did we? Uh, I was listening to you, but I didn't pay attention. Yeah, I go. I go around the country. Mm -hmm. uh, I, but uh, I don't do. I don't go to the Jura and that kind of stuff. They love the wine, that kind of stuff. But it's too. It's too complicated to sell. And I, 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 I love all of this, but I, I don't have the, the time and the money to invest in that and sit on it and you know selling six bottles per year. Mm -hmm. What the. What other areas excite you for, for wine? You mean worldwide or in France? Yeah, worldwide. Worldwide? Uh, mm. Oh my God. I've never been to South Africa and I would like to go. There's absolutely no doubt I would like to go there. I would like to go and see the vineyards that are starting to produce wine supposedly superb in China. I would like to. I would like to go to to go and see that. Uh, but the next, if I do an extension to my book, it would not be Italy. It would not be Spain. It would be Portugal. Really? Because oh yeah, Portugal. I've tasted for years. I've been tasting one from Portugal that are absolutely out of this world. And so I said I'm going to be in Paris in a few weeks. I'm going to be. Uh, in a show called Provine in Germany uh, in March. And indeed, I kept half a day to go under the Portuguese pavilion and I'm going to go and take one. Mm -hmm. which, which wines excite you? From Portugal? From Portugal. I'll tell you that when I return. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Greek, well, Greek or Greece also, they have magnificent, magnificent wines. Yeah, more and more. And some some of those varietals that we never heard of, that kind of stuff with Greek names that are that long. Right, right. So that, yeah, taste the point that are absolutely super there too. So they're good wines everywhere. They're right. I agree. Yep. I agree. Life, life is too short. Life is too short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back another life. We'll come back another life tasting ones for, from other countries. Well, Serge, thank you very much. I well, Tony, thank, thanks you to you. It has been a pleasure to be here tonight. We are part of the uh, New Hampshire Wine Week. And uh, it was a nice event, lovely restaurant. Your staff is magnificent. Uh, and I was here with Colin. It was, it was an honor. Thank you so much thank for you. having us and promoting our wines. You're quite welcome. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs>